Breaking news. Curtis Lazar is now a New Jersey devil. Now, I know that might fall underneath the radar, and I know that might go over a lot of people's heads, but I think Tom Fitzgerald found something special. He found a gem in Lazar. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, College Hockey Play-by-Play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. I hope you enjoyed the episode from earlier this morning. I decided to do an emergency podcast episode because the New Jersey Devils made another deal. Now, before we get into the logistics of the deal, I just first want to give this disclaimer. I will not be able to cover the game tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. That is why I am doing this emergency podcast. And I said in the previous episode, I didn't anticipate for the New Jersey Devils to make a move because a lot of people were saying, like, uh, the Devils should go after Tom Wilson. But uh, that obviously didn't happen. Max Domi was already off the table. So, I was curious. I was like, can the New Jersey Devils add more grit? Can Tom Fitzgerald fulfill his wish? And he was able to do so. So this morning, the New Jersey Devils were able to get Curtis Lazar via trade with the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for the New Jersey Devils' fourth round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Now, Lazar joins the Devils after spending this past season with Vancouver, scoring three goals and two assists with 14 penalty minutes in 45 contests. His 51.9% faceoff win percentage ranked second on the Canucks. I bet a lot of people didn't know that. And he was third in hits with 124 at the time of this trade. His hit total and block shots, 49, were second among Canucks forwards. So he has scored 95 points, 38 goals, 57 assists in 449 career regular season NHL games with five different clubs. So he has played with the Ottawa Senators. He's played with the Calgary Flames. He's played with the Buffalo Sabres, the Boston Bruins, and more recently, like I just mentioned, the Vancouver Canucks. In 2021-2022 with Boston, he set a career high with eight goals and reached his second highest point total with 16. Lazar finished the regular season tops among all Bruins in hits with 186 and first amongst forwards in block shots with 51. He was teammates with current devil Eric Halla on that squad. So uh, it's worth mentioning that I did attend the press conference via Zoom to introduce Curtis Lazar. I did ask him a couple questions. That will come a little later in the episode. He said during the course of his press conference that his wife and Eric Hala's wife are good friends. So there's some chemistry right there because Eric Hala right now is playing on the bottom six for New Jersey Devils. And Curtis Lazar can definitely be that sort of asset next to Eric Hala or maybe on the fourth line, whatever the case might be. But we'll talk about that momentarily. So Lazar has one goal and one assist in 24 career NHL Stanley Cup playoff games over four postseason appearances with Ottawa, Calgary, Boston. He has been a trade deadline acquisition twice before. Fun fact, he was traded from Buffalo alongside with Taylor Hall to the Boston Bruins. So he was a first round draft pick, 17th overall in the 2013 NHL draft before his professional experience. Lazar played three-plus seasons with Edmonton of the Western Hockey League. He also represented Canada at the 2014 and 2015 World Junior Championships, captaining the 2015 team 
that won a gold medal. So Vancouver signed Lazar to a three-year contract on July 13th, 2022, with an annual average value of $1 million, which expires at the end of the 2024-2025 season. So here's the thing. His deal is very cheap. And like I've said in the previous episode, the New Jersey Devils have to look at the logistics of salary cap, who should walk, who should remain with the team. Obviously, they're trying to work out some metrics to re-sign both Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt long-term. That is their first priority. Now, the main question that I'm sure a lot of you have is that, is this a good move for the New Jersey Devils? Did Tom Fitzgerald get the gritty player that he wanted? And I would say yes, because let me repeat some of those stats I just listed off. So while playing for the Vancouver Canucks, he has a face-off win percentage of 51.9%, which is second on the roster at the time. He was third in hits with 124. And to give you some reference, if you missed the previous episode, Timo Meyer has more hits by himself than Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Sharon Govich, a lot of other Devils players combined. So Lazar jumps to first on the New Jersey Devils roster by default for most hits on the team. That's what you need if you're the Devils. Now, I did make it clear in the previous episode, you can never have too many blue-collar type of players. Now, for Lazar, his numbers aren't really all that impressive, but the one thing he can add is more pop on the bottom six because the sometimes the bottom six can be a little lackadaisical. Sometimes they just need a little more energy. They need a little bit of more of a spark. So I was saying maybe you could rely on players like Nathan Bastian, Miles Wood, Andre Palak can certainly be a huge addition to the third line at a more permanent position once Timo Meyer is inserted into the lineup to make his Devils debut. But I said, like, I, I had my doubts as to whether or not Tom Fitzgerald could get another trade piece done. And this is an example of a low-risk but high-reward kind of situation. Not to mention, I, I literally just said, Lazar adds playoff experience, which is always vital for such a young team like the New Jersey Devils because the Devils are primed to make the playoffs and they're going to rely on all the veterans that they could possibly get in order to try to get out of the first round and then go from there. So we talked about how Andre Palat, he's a past Stanley Cup champion. Nico Heischer, between him, Jesper Bratt, and Jack Hughes, he's the only one with playoff experience. Obviously, you got other players like Eric Halla, Brendan Smith, wherever the case might be. I know I'm missing a few other players, but nonetheless, the New Jersey Devils needed more playoff experience. And Curtis Lazar, he uh, checks all the boxes in my eyes. So he gets a lot of hits. He gets a lot of blocks. He wins a lot of faceoffs. And he's also not afraid to get his hands dirty and just play that aggressive style of hockey and work both ends. So don't expect a lot of goals. Don't expect a lot of razzle-dazzle. His words, not mine. And like I said, we'll talk about that in the second segment. But at the end of the day, this is a solid pickup for Tom Fitzgerald. And we talked about how Max Domi, the asking price for him was a second round draft pick. I get that Max Domi is the better player, but like I said, low risk, high reward. So Devils traded away a fourth round draft pick for the services of Lazar. And quite honestly, I think this is a deal that can uh, help them in the long run and just add that more depth to their bottom six. So I think Tom Fitzgerald did another wonderful job at the trade deadline to just give the Devils more options up and down their starting lineup. So where do I think he will uh, plug in best? Honestly, I think you're going to have to break up that BMW line because when I'm looking at that third line, I think it's going to be Andre Palat, Eric Halla, and Yegor Sharangovich because 
Keep in mind that Timo Meyer uh, might play on the second line with Jack Hughes. So Yegor Sharangovich might be bumped down to the third line. And then you keep Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt on the second line. So I think Lazar will be best suited on the fourth line. So I would expect some rotation between him and Nathan Bastian competing out for some of those minutes. Now, it does raise the important question, who's going to be a scratch for the Devils? Because you also have to factor in that Jesper Boquist is currently on the third line. So he might have to be bumped down as well. So this might be the end of the BMW line. Now, I'm not a sidekick. I'm not a fortune teller. I'm just going based on my opinion. And the opinion is simply this, which is Nathan Bastian coming back from injury has been a little inconsistent. Same with Miles Wood. We've been talking about is Miles Wood a long-term solution for a Devils. So I think Lazar will be best suited on that fourth line just to give it more pop once again, because remember that BMW line was crucial as to why the New Jersey Devils were able to be so successful early on in the season. So like I said, early on this episode, I had the chance to attend Curtis Lazar's press conference and I asked him a couple questions. So a lot of people might be unfamiliar with his game. And obviously I read you guys the stats. I gave you guys my two cent opinion, but let's hear from Lazar himself. How would he best describe his game and what can Devils fans expect from him night in and night out? Here was his answer. Curtis, how, how would you describe your game to people who might be unfamiliar with your certain uh, uh, play style? So what can Devils fans uh, expect from you night in and night out? I know you touched on it with Amanda Stein briefly, but I wanted to uh, see if you can go into a little bit more detail. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's effort-based. I'm, I'm going to give it my all in the ice. It's not always going to be the prettiest. Um, North-South style, uh, you know, getting pucks in behind their D, good on the four check. Uh, just kind of, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in those character stats. Like I said, those, the contact, the block shots, the face-offs, you know, kind of do whatever it takes to to help get that team, you know, across the finish line. You know, you're always going to get credit for the the grunt work, I guess, but it, it goes a long way. So, you know, I just be hard to play against. Uh, I do feel like I can play a shutdown role. I play that energy role. I can move around. So that versatility, I think, is a big part that always does make me an attractive option to teams. But, uh, you know, Whatever's asking me, I'm going to do it. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's don't expect too much uh, creativity. It's just mean potatoes hockey. I also asked him, similar to what I asked Timo Meyer, what's the potential like for this roster now that he's added to it? Because Tom Fitzgerald specifically said on NHL Network that he wants to add more muscle, he wants to add more grit to the roster, and he was able to do that with Curtis Lazar. And I think my buddy Jersey Joe is happy with this deal because he was tweeting at me saying, Trey, Sasquatch squad on the forward pair. So someone who is just maybe a little bit of a bigger body out there, someone who can definitely play a little bit more physical, keep your expectations somewhat moderate. You literally just heard from him saying, don't expect anything too flashy, but expect a hard fought battle. And he even described it himself, which is he is like a, a meat and potatoes type of player. And honestly, I'm not I'm not angry with his response. I kind of chuckled after you said it. And luckily, my camera was off, so you couldn't see it. But I love that answer. And I think the Brad Pack also referenced something like that on Twitter, which is just being that hard worker type of forward for the Devils. Now, going back to what I was saying, I had the chance to ask Lazar the potential for this roster going forward. Here's what he had to say. My my final question is, I asked this to Timo Meyer when we spoke to him a couple days ago, but what are some of your goals to finish off the rest of the season? You touched on the playoffs and how much uh, potential does this team have 
now that you're um, added to the roster because Tom Fitzgerald, uh, like James uh, alluded to moments ago, said he wanted to add more grit to it? Yeah, well, I mean, you look at the team and uh, the boost of confidence that you know, management's given to bring it in Timo uh, and guys like that. I mean, it, it does wonders for your team. I mean, I, I can't truly say, you know, what this team likes. I mean, I got to be around them first. I got to see what the dynamic is and what the way that they play. I think it's a, a group that cares about winning that, you know, buys into to doing the right things on a daily basis. So I'm going to, you know, just hop on board and be another piece of the puzzle. But uh, ultimately, I mean, when uh, those playoffs start, it's, uh, you know, like I said, there's so many ups and downs in betweens that, you know, everything can change. So it's ever stronger mentally. But uh, I wanna, I'm a guy that has a lot of fun too. You'll see I play with a smile on my face. So I hope that we understand that, uh, you know, don't get bigger than the moment. Just enjoy the ride and leave it all on the ice. Okay. So how would I rate this trade deadline for Tom Fitzgerald? I would give him an A plus because you get a big name player in Timo Meyer, And like I said, in, in many episodes prior, Timo Meyer adds size. He adds more scoring options. And he is the epitome of someone who can put up big numbers. But at the same time, he's not afraid to do the minuscule things in order to help his team win, whether it's standing in front of the net, getting those redirects, playing dirty or like poking his opponents and just not afraid to do the dirty work and clean up the mess of his teammates. So can't wait until Timo Meyer is back from injury. And then for someone of the nature of Curtis Lazar, yes, he's not a big name player. Yes. His name falls under the radar, but he's a low risk, high reward. And this can definitely pay dividends for the devils going forward. It's not the splashiest of moves, but it's a move that I think will work for the New Jersey devils because you literally just heard his block total. You heard his face-offs, and you heard uh, what he's able to do when it comes to asserting himself, which is he likes to hit people. And adding him and Timo Meyer, this is exactly what the New Jersey Devils need because throughout the entirety of the season and through all the success and through all the trial and tribulation that the Devils have shown throughout the entirety of this year, the one complaint that was evident was that a lot of people said that the New Jersey Devils were a little too soft. So there you go. Timo Meyer, big name player. And then for Curtis Lazar, not a big name player, but still he can do everything that I think a lot of Devils fans were yearning for. Now, I had a chance to speak with general manager Tom Fitzgerald because I, I've always been curious throughout the entirety of this season, like, What's the direction for New Jersey Devils? Like, do they consider themselves Stanley Cup contenders? And when I say Stanley Cup contenders, I'm talking about being one of those final two teams to duke it out and possibly hoist up the trophy at the end. Like, is that the New Jersey Devils team or are they just trying to make it to the playoffs, get past first round? Because going into the year, let's face it, a lot of people didn't have high expectations for the Devils. So I was just trying to figure it out because I was just a little confused. Well, here was Tom Fitzgerald's answer, and I did try to word it the best I can because obviously uh, being so young and just being the new guy, I was just trying to play it extra safe. But here's what Tom Fitzgerald had to say in regards to the direction that the New Jersey Devils are going this season. Tom, uh, at the beginning of the year, people were projecting for the Devils to not be a playoff team, and obviously things have changed up to this point of the season. What direction do you see this team heading in uh, to finish out the rest of the year and then come playoff time? Do you think this is a team that can legitimately uh, make a deep uh, run in the playoffs? And what, what are the expectations um, uh, come next year when, when that time comes? Well, um, 
I thought we would be a very competitive team this year. Um, I didn't know how competitive. Uh, we've we've come together real nice, nicely, and and uh, going in the playoffs, deep runs. Um, we really been an organization and a team that just worries about today. Like worry about today. We play the Las Vegas, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Let's worry about that. Once you get into the playoffs, it's a, it's a seven game series, and if you start getting ahead of the seven games and looking down the road, it's it probably will bite you in the ass. So, uh, we would be game the game, you know, um, when it comes to that time, and just hey, however you know, if we play well, we feel like we're a good team. When we don't. Uh, and do the things that we need to do. Um, you know, could be could be a short could be short series. But I'm not really worried about playoffs right now, to be quite honest. I, I'm just worried about how the last twenty, you know, twenty two games uh, we really come together as a group. So as you heard, I also asked him like, come next year because I was basically just trying to hint at like, is this New Jersey Devils team are they Stanley Cup contenders this year or maybe next year? So I'll talk about that in the final segment, but. Uh, something that I also asked Tom Fitzgerald was that the New Jersey Devils, they're kind of underdogs because the East is stacked. The West does not scare me, but the East, the Rangers, the Bruins, all those teams have been making moves. And the Boston Bruins somehow, some way, just continue to improve on their already historical season. So I'm sure a lot of people are a little nervous as to what can happen come playoff time. But I asked uh, Tom Fitzgerald because recently I spoke to Bruce Driver who was also on an underdog Devils team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, here's the thing. I didn't want to directly say, like, can the New Jersey Devils be like that 1995 Stanley Cup team? Because that's obviously a lot of pressure. But I hinted at the fact saying, like, you're going into the playoffs. I know you said that you want to take a day-to-day and that you're not trying to think too far ahead. But you can't just help but think, like, the New Jersey Devils have shattered expectations this season. So here was Tom Fitzgerald's response to my question. Uh, my final question is, I recently spoke with uh, Bruce Driver, and he was obviously on a, a lot of Devils playoffs teams, and he said, like, uh, they were always, like, underdogs. However, uh, they stuck together. They stuck with the plan. So you said taking a game to game to try to finish out the rest of the year. Uh, are there any specifics that you can elaborate on in order to just maintain that consistency so that way you guys don't fall in the standings and just try to establish yourself throughout the league? Well, um, I think we, we're a very good offensive team. We're a very fast team. I think we're a very exciting team. I think what happens when, you know, we don't play well away from the puck, the games become track meets and that's just a back and forth. And that's not playoff hockey teams clamp down. They play the right way. Uh, you know, you've seen the teams where some, some games we've had trouble and how they, how they played, whether it's just, you know, dropping five guys back and making us go through five guys, uh, dump pucks in, not be able to retrieve it. it, it again, I, I talk about commitment. I talk about connected. It's, it's, not just with the puck and, and skating up the ice and making sure you're making tape passes. It's when we don't have the puck, are we committed to getting the puck back? And the only way to do that is to play the right way and play on top of them. So that's what I'm looking for for the last, you know, uh, 20, 22 games. And we've done that, but I just want to, we, we all always want to see things uh, more consistent. So before we wrap up today's show, I'm going to give you guys my final thoughts as to what the New Jersey Devils are going to be throughout the rest of the year. Like, 
is this a Stanley Cup contending team? Because they're obviously a playoff team, but that's different from being a Stanley Cup team. I just want to make that perfectly clear. But before we continue, I first want to get you hip to a product I use literally every day. So I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. And my body is a temple and I, I got to start treating it as such. So what is this stuff exactly? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and abstinence to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. So it's lifestyle is friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. While still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best with Athletic Greens that uses best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop of in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now I want you guys to win some big money. So head over to FanDuel. So the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. So you know the drill. Visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss out on this chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so when answering the question, are the New Jersey Devils Stanley Cup contenders? It's just really hard because... The East is super stacked, and the New Jersey Devils have improved. But the fact of the matter is simply this. They're still lacking in some playoff experience, and no one expected for them to be this good. Now, Tom Fitzgerald did say that he expected them to be competitive, but I don't even think he anticipated for them to be this good. I don't think he even anticipated or predicted for them to win 13 straight games at one point in the year. I don't think he was expecting for them to compete for the uh, first spot in the Metropolitan Division with the Carolina Hurricanes because the Devils are within striking distance. So this Devils team has surprised me in more ways than one. And obviously when you get to the playoffs, it's a completely different animal because you're not just playing one team, then moving on to the next team, then the next team, then the next team. No, this is a seven-game series, similar to what Fitzgerald said in his answer when I asked, like, what do the New Jersey Devils do from here? And he's just like, we got to take it game by game. So I, I know it might be a tap out. I know some of you might call me soft, but I just don't know what to make of this Devils team for right now. They're really, really, really good. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of just being like Stanley Cup contenders, like being one of those final few teams to possibly be within striking distance, I have to see what they do in a seven-game series. And then uh, we're able to make that assessment come the offseason. They're able to 
uh, re-sign some players who are said to become unrestricted free agents or restricted free agents, and then build the team around Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, hopefully Timo Meyer, Dougie Hamilton, Vitek Vancek, and a lot more. Obviously, we got a lot of talented players in the pipeline. So I'd say the New Jersey Devils have a better shot of winning the Stanley Cup come next season. Now, I'm not trying to discredit them. I'm not trying to say that they can't do it this year. I'm just saying, like, give them some time, give them the experience, and once they get their feet underneath them, the sky's going to be the limit, quite honestly. So this team has a very bright future. Tom Fitzgerald even said it in the press conference that their window is just beginning to open. So you see some of these teams, they're making desperation moves because their window is closing and closing and closing. But the New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes is young. Nico Heischer is young. Jesper Bratt is young. Timo Meyer is still relatively young. Dougie Hamilton still has uh, some good years ahead of him. Vitek Vanacek. There's a lot of good players surrounding this Devils team. And it's just like their window, yes, Tom Fitzgerald is correct. It's just opening. It's just begun. So basically what I took from that was that the Devils, they're going to give themselves a chance, but they got to take it game by game because let's face it, it's really hard to assess them because for me, it's just like I did not anticipate for them to be this good. I don't think anybody anticipated for them to be this good. Be this good. They're one of the, in my eyes, they're one of the more surprising stories in sports, even though some people like Stephen A. Smith and First Take don't pay attention to hockey. Let's face it, the Devils were projected to be a lottery team by most by most people. People were writing off Lindy Ruff. People were underestimating Jack Hughes. And um, basically, there was just a lot going against them. And they didn't get off to a good start to the season. They lost back-to-back games 5-2. to two. But after that, they just never looked back. They put their foot on the gas pedal despite struggling in December and parts of January. They picked it up. They rebounded. So that's what I like to see, a team that fights back, a team that rebounds. And now you add Timo Meyer and you add Curtis Lazar to the roster. Quite honestly, you just gave yourself a better chance to win because you add not only a goal-scoring Timo Meyer, but combined between Meyer and Lazar. I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but you add more toughness. You add more determination. So I think the Devils are going to give themselves a chance, but I'd say they have a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup come next year once they get that firsthand playoff experience, once everyone knows what it takes to win, and then they just set up that system uh, joined alongside with Timo Meyer. I think they're going to be really good come next year. Then you get Luke Hughes, you get Shimon the Mets involved. Quite honestly, guys, the future is really bright, and the one thing that Tom Fitzgerald has said that is true Their window is only opening. So I'm sorry if I didn't give you a direct answer, but I think a lot of you can agree with me saying they probably have a better chance come next year, but they're still going to be a legitimate playoff team in a stacked East. And that's saying something. So let me know what you guys think. What do you think of Curtis Lazar? What did you think of the sound bites? And what do you think this New Jersey Devils team is going to do to finish out the rest of the season? And what's their ceiling? What's their potential? I've asked Curtis Lazar. I've asked Timo Meyer. Now I want to ask you guys, leave a comment down below. Hopefully you enjoyed this emergency podcast episode. The trading period is officially over. Now it is a sprint dash to the finish. So I'm all here for it. And I'm going to be a credentialed um, media member for the Devils when they come to Arizona to play the Coyotes on Sunday. So if you're at Mullet Arena and you see me in that tiny barn, don't be afraid to drop by and say hi. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.